from our perspective, we're really interested in your IP. So is what you're doing proprietary? Can it be copied easily? How are you how are you building a moat around, you know, your novel approach to solving some problem? Uh, and, and, and we're really interested in that because we have a lot of global ties. We're not a, we're not a local firm. We have partners in Korea. We have partners in Beijing. And, and one of the ways we help our firms is we help them license their IP to different jurisdictions they weren't even looking at commercially exploiting. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dentons Agribusiness Podcast Series. My name is Chris Young, and today I want to dive deep into the venture capital side of the egg tech sector. Now, before I do that, I want to mention quickly that the Denton's EggTech pitch competition is now officially open and accepting applications from entrepreneurs who have an innovative product or services that can potentially benefit the agriculture sector. Now, a big question I always get is, do I have to be part of the agriculture space? And the answer to that is no. Um, <clears throat> you just have to have a product or service that can be applied to the industry. More details can be found, obviously, on our landing page. Now, when we look at the technology sector, the focus has been around digital media, e-commerce, software, you know, think Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix, other tech giants have truly disrupted the way business is done. Over the last eight to 10 years, however, I will say countries around the world are starting to look at agriculture space and how technology can disrupt, I would say, one of the more traditional pillars of society. With that, of course, is the private capital world, and that's also starting to focus on the sector and funding very unique companies that are finding ways to improve crop yields, increase agriculture efficiencies, and profitability. Joining me today to talk more about the financial investment side of ag tech is Donnie Zadie, Managing Director of Checkmate Capital for Canada. Donnie, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to connect and uh, so excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because I do have a bit of private capital background myself. So I, I want to get your take on all of this. Uh, but before we dive deep into that, could you provide a little bit of background of yourself and what Checkmate Capital does? For sure. Happy, happy, happy to. Checkmate Capital itself, um, we're a team of sort of investment, transaction and finance guys. We all came together through um, exposure to the solar industry. So you know, our, our team's background, if in terms of where we've worked, you know, from Morgan Stanley, BlackRock, UBS, uh, DFJ Ventures, which is, um, you know, an affiliate of Draper, uh, Kemper Securities, Panasonic, Samsung, and, you know, some of the largest uh, law firms in the U.S., uh, Millbank would be one of them. But the core of our team, really, we, we all came through renewable energy and built uh, or, or were part of the story of building one of the largest sort of renewable energy portfolios in the United States. And after starting to monetize that, that, that portfolio, um, the founder of our firm, Tom Paschal, started to invest the money that was made from renewable energy and kind of called in all of the people that he'd had the best experience with along the way. 
Uh, a lot of people came from within, I guess, the fund, which was called Coronal and uh, from Panasonic, but uh, also people like myself who were developing solar projects and monetizing them to the, to the fund. And we sort of formed Checkmate Capital and been around since 2016. We kind of function, we're using our own money mostly. So I, I would call us a family office, uh, but we do have limited partners on a deal by deal basis. This sort of gives us a high degree of flexibility in terms of our portfolio, um, where we make very traditional venture capital style investments, uh, starting with seed, small seed investments, and right up to crossover and pipe type transactions. And then we also have a component of our investment thesis where we actually do private equity transactions and buy a majority uh, or you know 100% of a, a more mature sort of stable cash flow company. And, and this sort of diversity and flexibility has allowed us to invest, uh, invest across a range of industries, uh, including biotech, waste, energy, and then, of course, why we're here today, ag tech. <laughs> um, and, you know, our, 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 our sort of diving or entry point into ag tech started with a uh, private equity investment where uh, we saw an opportunity in the compost and soil industry. Uh, and, and we took a position where we purchased some companies that were doing, um, you know, municipal scale composting. And, and that opened our eyes to the tremendous universe of soil. And uh, soil then speaks directly to, you know, agriculture. And, and uh, we fell in love with, with agriculture and ag tech. When you, I mean, you got exposed to this composting, the soil, to ag tech. Now that you've got into it, what is what are your perspectives on ag tech? I guess what's the definition from Checkmate Capital and yourself standpoint? What is considered ag tech? I, I, I recently watched the top professor at University of Toronto. He's one of the world leaders in artificial intelligence, discussing artificial intelligence, and he started by defining it. And he's like, well... I'm the top professor in the world in this. And um, let's look at the word artificial intelligence. Uh, there's not necessarily a universally accepted definition for artificial, and there's not necessarily a universally accepted definition of intelligence. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk about artificial intelligence. And so ag tech, you know, you're, you're, you're combining two words, agriculture, which is, you know, the production of, of um, the production of food. Uh, whether that's crops or, or animals uh, for consumption and, and where it crosses with technology. I like to think of it or Checkmate likes to think of it from like, you know, if in a one sentence answer, highest level, it's using technology to do more with less. Um, and that, that's sort of how we view ag tech, increasing yields or improving quality uh, without burdening, you know, already overtaxed resources like soil and land and water, you know, chemical inputs. We're trying to, we're trying to minimize the burden on those and trying to maximize, you know, yield and quality. Um, and there's a cross section of different ways in which technology is, is essentially uh, doing more with less. And so, you know, from sensors and artificial intelligence and big data to biotech and robots, you know, we're, we're seeing, so many different interesting ways of approaching this from drones and IOT based sensor networks to looking at, you know, that's very granular, like, like trying to understand what's happening in one corner of the field to like applications of, of, you know, 
how do we improve weather forecasting, you know, at, at the field level, or how do we automate irrigation so that when we look at our system as a whole, we're optimizing where, when, and how we place water there. And, you know, interfacing with that, then is there a ways for us to better understand disease prediction or, uh, you know, where, where pests and pest problems are happening? A lot of that has to do with sort of AI and data and sensors. But then there's like a whole other really fascinating side of biotech where, um, you know, traditionally the idea behind biotech was that, okay, we're going to genetically modify a crop to create certain traits. And, and those traits may, you know, enhance yield or have resistance to some pest. But now that we've gone like on the biotech side, one step beyond that, and it's not just about genetically modifying plants, but it's also like getting into actually understanding the, the microbial composition of soil and looking at how this complex, dense um, network of organisms actually facilitates uptake of nutrients and allows for better absorption of the critical components that allow for, you know, plant growth. And so, you know, biotech goes way beyond GMO now. And um, it's, it's, you know, really one of our most, we're, we're very interested in uh, that aspect of, of, of ag tech. In our last podcast episode that I had with one of the directors that runs the Agritech Venture Forum, we started going down this path of listing the various companies that often go to the forum. And and it seems like this sector is significantly larger. I mean, just from some of the things you talked about, where technologies and improvements and efficiencies can focus on, it seems, seems like a lot larger sector than as some of the tech giants I mentioned earlier, like let's say Netflix with disrupting digital media and distribution of content. Um, there seems to be so much more with ag tech. Well, there, there, there's agriculture is a very, very, very diverse set of, 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 of things that are happening, you know, um, the way one approaches uh, um, growing strawberries in a vertical farm is entirely different than the way one approaches the um, incidence or the, the occurrence of mastitis in cows. And yet they're both lumped into agriculture. <laughs> right, so, right. You know, you're going to see a huge variance uh, in terms of the application of technology across the field because there's a lot of very different and unique problems associated with each individual thing you're trying to grow or trying to produce out there. Uh, and, and therein lies the opportunity. There's so many fascinating opportunities and ways to get involved that go beyond just, you know, like your typical B2B SaaS platform where you're just like, okay, we're trying to, you know, make a company 3% more efficient and monetize 1% of that value creation. Like, you know, that, that's enterprise B2B SaaS. Right. Um, so let's uh, let's shift the focus a little bit now more on the investor side. This is your specialty. And I want to be just because like we're trying to reach a lot of the startups and companies that want to get into this space from an investor, a venture capitalist standpoint. You know, what do you guys look specifically when um, when it comes to funding ag tech companies? We're looking at ag tech because we think it solves certain profound problems uh, that humanity faces. And so we're looking at companies that are um, also aligned in terms of their lens on problem solving. That's sort of, you know, why. And so, you know, because of, because I think, I think I touched on this before, but we're really concerned with soil 
topsoil is used to grow, you know, something like 95% of the food of our planet, because, you know, either you're growing the food itself or you're growing, uh, you know, you're raising animals that eat something that grows from topsoil. It's like, it's, you know, 95% of our food. And yet, depending on how, how you, you know, split hairs, approximately half of the productive topsoil on the planet has been lost in the past 150 years. This wow. is because of erosion. This is because um, depletion of nutrients. This is because of contamination from chemicals and sort of, you know, the most recent sort of industrial approach of intensive tilling, no cover crops, tons of synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. It, it's stripping farmland of nutrients and minerals and microbes that support healthy plant life. And I think as the United Nations that, that says, or there was, a, there was a you know senior scientist at the United Nations that said, we could literally run out of topsoil in 60 years if we maintain the status quo and hold the line and just maintain our current you know farming practices. Wow. And, and so, you know, everyone's talking about global warming right now, but from our perspective, this is a close second. This is serious stuff. And so if you're a startup and you're looking at how we can, you know, address soil and, and, and the problems associated with loss and degradation of soil, um, we're interested. You know, there's also sort of just bigger picture problem, you know, population growth versus farmland. We don't necessarily have that much more, you know, forest that anyone wants to cut down to create more farmland. People generally are recognizing the ecological importance and the, the benefit of forest, and yet population is growing. Uh, and there, there's a tipping point where, you know, they anticipate there being 11 billion people on the planet by, by 2100. And, and how do you keep up with the food demand? A, a, another more sort of, you know, concerning statistic is that I think 3 million children die every year uh, because they're undernourished. So they, they're not dying from starvation, but the, the problems they're facing are because the diet lacks the nutrition sufficient for them to live a life with a healthy immune system or, you know, be able to fight diseases when they happen. And, and so, you know, that's a problem. Um, how do we look at within the constraints of, of, you know, not negatively or minimizing your, or mitigating the environmental footprint, which provides so much benefit to humanity. How do we keep up with this, this population growth? And so we're interested if you're, if you're, if you're looking at the problem from that lens and, and finally, like consumer trends are another sort of, I don't want to call them a problem, but maybe an opportunity where um, it's a gain instead of a pain, but people just generally want less chemicals on their food. People just generally want to feel better about what they're eating from its environmental footprint perspective. People just generally want to feel better about the meat they're eating. I mean, we're not even talking about going away from eating meat. Maybe that's a trend as well, but they want to see, you know, better treatment of the animals. They want to see better health of the animals that they're, that they're, um, that they're eating. That's again, you know, uh, if, if you're looking at that problem, we're, we're interested in talking to you. And finally, you know, I think not a lot of people look at this, but something we really care about are the people and the farmers themselves. Ag tech has the potential to keep farming viable for the next generation of farmers. I mean, if you look at the U.S. in any given year, depending on, you know, obviously the political circumstance, there's something like 20 to 35 billion dollars of subsidies that are needed to maintain a healthy agriculturally productive system, depending on the crop, whatever, however that's allocated, you know depends on the year, but 
ag tech has the potential to provide a better standard of living and provide better living wages for the people who are helping feed our planet. And, and, and so from our perspective, that's really important, uh, the human factor as well, that ag tech has that potential. So I want to tie this to our pitch competition a little bit as you know we've got applications already streaming in. From an entrepreneurial perspective, if if these companies are pitching to, you know, venture capital funds or investors, much like Checkmate Capital, you know, where should they focus their efforts on before even coming to a table to pitch you guys the idea? You know, what what specific areas should they be looking at? There's there's a there's a bucket list of generic VC answers for this question. We want to see a large market. We want to see a, uh, you know, we want to see a good team. We want to see a, um, you know, all, uh, you know, fill in the blanks, go on Sequoia Capital, Y Combinator, go on any VC website. It's applicable across industries. I'm not going to bore you with, with the generic answer because I think that's boring. I, I can talk about what we look at. And this is just different for every firm. So take it for what it is. And I think for an ag tech company, you know, in a pitch contest is different than pitching a VC. If you're pitching a specific VC, you have to learn about them. You have to, you have to craft your pitch specifically to them. You have to be really sincere and open and really contemplative of these. Do you even want to work with these guys? Is there alignment with you? From our perspective, we're really interested in your IP. So is what you're doing proprietary? Can it be copied easily? How are you, how are you building a moat around, you know, your novel approach to solving some problem? Uh, and, and, and we're really interested in that because we have a lot of global ties. We're not, a, we're not a local firm. We have partners in Korea. We have partners in Beijing. And, and one of the ways we help our firms is we help them license their IP to different jurisdictions they weren't even looking at commercially exploiting. And, and, and that provides them with, you know, potentially significant amounts of non-dilutive funding. So they're not giving up equity to gain those licenses. And, and, and so it makes for a really complementary aligned relationship with us and our, and our potential, you know, investee. Um, we really want to dig in on the science. If this is tech and this is technology, um, I don't want to hear, I don't know if other VCs are the same, but um, the word AI or artificial intelligence is now ubiquitous across all software. Every single piece of software on the planet uses a component of machine learning, or artificial intelligence. It means nothing to say an AI-driven piece of software. What's the actual science? What's the actual stack of algorithms? What's the actual you know, unique way of harnessing data and uh, applying it to solve this problem? And, and you know, if we have to sign an NDA to understand that, that's fine. But um, I, I want to know. That, that's an interesting perspective uh, on on AI. You know, ten years ago, people want to hear that word. In case, like you have to appreciate that that like a linear regression yeah. is something that you can do in Excel, and it it's a line of best fit for a series of data points. Everything does that. <laughs> like, and yet, okay, if you do that, you're technically a machine learning platform. You know, technically, it is a, is a component. Regressions are machine learning. So, you know, if, if, if you sell yourself, like, it kind of doesn't matter anymore if you're using machine learning AI. It's like, what's the pain point? You know, what, what, and what's the science? Is it, it, that, that's way, way, way more critical. In terms of, uh, um, for us, you know, we really, really want to know about synergy because, because synergy is a component of our de-risking and investment. If, if you're doing something and, 
and someone in our portfolio is your customer or a JV, that's huge because, because we've now just de-risked our investment. Like we've, we've handed you off to, uh, uh, you know, some unfair way in which we are already helping you, you know, exceed some of the, the critical barriers to, to, to market for, for a firm. And so um, some time to think about, you know, who you're talking to and what your synergy might be with that firm. That goes a long way. That goes, that goes a really long way. And I, I rarely see it done. And then finally, I think this is really applicable to um, pitch contest is there's a temptation to oversell the sustainability component of what you're doing. If you're an ag tech, you're typically gaining some efficiency. And that means, you know, reduction of some type of an input that may be, you know, harmful or, or definitely, you know, scarce. And so you'll be, that's great. There's an environmental benefit to that. And, and you know, you tie those into the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals or, or something like that. If you're not measuring it to a point where it applies or is applicable to the most sort of, you know, you can find them, but the impact measurement uh, uh, systems that are used for impact investing or for sustainability or for carbon credits. Like if you're not actually quantifying um, the component of sustainability where you can deliver value to your investor by the data that, that you're generating for that component of sustainability, you're, you're essentially greenwashing your, your, your offer. Right. And it's fine to mention that there's some, some benefit from it, but don't sell yourself as a sustainability focused initiative if you're not able to quantify the sustainability. Right. Good advice. Definitely good advice there. So Donnie, final thoughts on the industry. And I know you mentioned Checkmate Capital and your global reach. Maybe for final thoughts, what are you seeing worldwide uh, that's kind of cool, unique, maybe something that we're not doing yet here in Canada? Yeah. Is there something I'm saying? No, the, the Canadian, like the, the benefit of the internet is the global startup ecosystem is now quite well connected. And I, I think, I think um, what you're seeing globally is, um, is what you're seeing in Canada and the flavor of what you're seeing is regional in terms of the most, you know, People are solving the problems that are specific to their area. What, what I am seeing from the industry that I find, you know, I think most interesting is, is optimism. And what I mean by that is that for various reasons, farmers have been seen or have been blamed as, as part of the problems of what's happening on the planet from, you know, the treatment of animals or their, you know, 17% or 20% of, of, of greenhouse gas emissions are, are from agriculture. And, you know, it's the fingers have been pointed and people typically take like a defensive posture when you, when you, when you point fingers at someone. And ag tech is doing this fascinating thing where farmers are actually starting to see themselves as part of the solution. And, you know, there, there's, there's a concept now known as regenerative farming, where, car, you know, it, it's seen as potentially one of the key solutions to, to climate change. And, you know, there's a fascinating ag tech I know where they're um, introducing a component of regenerative agriculture called agroforestry. And they're helping using data and, and AI to help design agroforestry systems that integrate with, you know, um, both crop and livestock systems. And with high degree of specificity, calculating the potential benefit, both in terms of like services, like soil services, like nitrogen, uh, nitrogen binding and improvement in, in, in the microbes and how that improves yield. But then also in terms of like being able to harvest nuts and fruit from the trees they plant. And it's like, 
wow, these farmers went from like being all blamed for greenhouse gas emissions to being like one of the solutions. And that's creating this incredible optimism uh, that I love. I love seeing. And then the other thing I'm seeing, and maybe it speaks to what I just spoke about, is that the ag tech and technologies enable connection. And that connection is, is I think, so critical because it's actually connecting like consumers to where food is actually made and produced. And there's unprecedented transparency and visibility um, right now that's happening. And it's, it's helping people understand both like the challenges and helping create like communication and dialogue where like, you know, technology is what enabled really like this whole farm to table movement. And, and it's a very human thing but um, the, the underlying technology is what's creating that connection. And I think, uh, I think that's really, really wonderful uh, because when, when people understand that uh, challenges faced by farmers, when people understand the effort that's being put in by them to do best management practices and try, uh, the more people see that and the more people see how hard it is to just grow food the more value they'll put on it, the less of a few penny commodity they'll think of it as. And they'll think of it as like the essence of growing and nurturing life itself and, and, and how hard that is to do and how important that is to do. And, and, and so the, the value across the value chain in, improves and increases when people really you know, develop a connection with um, just the amount of work that's required to do and do things. Does that make sense? It does. I, I, I love that uh, optimism, community, uh, transparency. I th- you know, it, it is one of those things where we need to get together as society to figure this problem out, right? Like this isn't just one group burdening the, shouldering the burden, right? Like we got to all come together almost as humanity, if you want to go that uh, macro, um, to, to really solve these issues. It solves these issues and it's like, let's, let's update an outdated industrial model where, you know, we've been emphasizing like large scale farms, massive output at all costs and like ignoring externalities like environmental impact and repercussions on, on humans. And, you know, let's put that all back on the table and, and look at the system and allow technology to enable solutions that Maybe it doesn't even like, like I, that's what I love about regenerative agriculture. It goes beyond sustainability. Maybe the future of farming isn't just sustainable. The future of farming might help us like regenerate and benefit the planet, <laughs> benefit yeah. the soil, benefit our water systems. It actually has the potential to do that. And one of the pathways there is, is through technology and allowing, you know, the wonderful advancements in technology to help us create an agriculture system that's regenerative. And I, I think ultimately for me, it's why I'm so passionate about why and where we're investing. Yeah, super exciting. A lot more we can talk about. Uh, Donnie, I do want to thank you so much for your time today, uh, joining us and, and talking to us and giving us your perspectives about not only the capital side of it, but I think this, as you said, community, um, you know, support, ecosystem, and, and everything that's that's really being done together uh, in this sector. So, so thank you for joining us on that. It's my pleasure. Uh, a link to Checkmate Capital can be found in the podcast description below. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast through whichever platform you're using to listen to this episode. And don't forget to add your name and your email address to our Denton's contact list so you can be notified anytime we have new content. Take care and we will catch you on our next episode. Thanks so much, Chris.